Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. This is the captain speaking. Uh, just about ready to depart. We should be away on schedule in the next couple of minutes or so. Flight time will be 9 hours and 40 minutes. We'll eventually reach a cruising altitude of 35,000 feet. Please make yourselves comfortable. I do hope you enjoy the flight. Did you know you could turn your next international vacation into a humanitarian effort by simply taking with you one extra suitcase? My guest today here on The Edge of Adventure tells us how the organization he works with can provide and fill that suitcase with much-needed medical supplies for clinics around the world in need. Avi D'Souza from Not Just Tourists joins the show from his hometown in Toronto, where he helps travelers who truly care add some adventure and purpose into their travels. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Avi D'Souza of Not Just Tourists. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not Just Tourists came up with an idea to do what? So basically, Not Just Tourists, what we do is in Canada and all over the world, there's oceans of medical supplies that get thrown out every day. They're perfectly usable, you know, bandages, gauze, syringes, tapes, things that people die over all over the world. So we essentially collect them, pack them into suitcases and send them overseas to people that need it. And this is all done through travelers. There's no money in the organization. So there's all this stuff going to waste. Did you work in that profession? How did you come to realize all this going to waste and such a wonderful opportunity in the process? Uh, So I was actually living in Honduras. And it's not my idea. It was actually started by Dr. Ken and Denise Taylor in St. Catharines. Uh, Basically, they went to Cuba and they saw a need for you know supplies on the shelves. They visited a clinic and they saw that there's no bandages, no syringes, there's nothing on the shelves and they decided to start bringing things over and this movement was born 30 years ago. And I was living in Honduras. I saw the needs in the medical system there and it really kind of bugged me that nothing was happening. And then I moved back to Toronto and uh, got it all started up over here and it's the best thing I've ever done. This then helps to take medical supplies to what countries around the world? Uh, So we've sent stuff to 82 countries around the world. We've sent over a million pounds of medical supplies. So a lot of our supplies go to Cuba, the Caribbean, places that you know Canadians and Americans are visiting fairly often. But we've also sent a fair bit of supplies to you know many countries in Africa, to Cameroon, to South Africa, Angola, Botswana, you, you name it. We've also sent a lot to Asia as well. So like your Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, India. So these supplies over here, maybe in the U.S. or Canada and some of the other nations around the world, they're going to waste. What's the process then to make sure that they are properly distributed? When I say there's excess supplies, uh, basically in Canada, we get a lot of our supplies from home care. So people get supplies delivered to their house and then they either get better or they pass away and their families are left with boxes and boxes of these perfectly good unopened supplies. Uh, So travelers would visit our website, njt.net, fill out a form, a travel coordinator will contact them, talk them through it, give them the suitcase, and then they're off to the races. So basically, they'll bring the suitcase to the destination country. We have a list of different clinics that uh, they can visit. Or, you know, a lot of times we're trying to supply very remote clinics, so places that never get anything. 
these are small bush clinics, so they wouldn't have a website. A lot of times they don't even have phones. So we encourage travelers just to bring a suitcase and they can find these small kind of clinics outside the big cities. So someone wants to join up and they say, hey, look, I like this idea. Once we get past COVID, I'm going to be traveling again. They're going to check out your website. What's their commitment on their end in order to work with you guys and help deliver these supplies? Uh, so the commitment's pretty simple. You know, they fill out a form on the website. We're completely non-political. We're not religious. So the only thing we ask is no ideologies attached to the suitcase. You know, the bigger idea behind our project is it's about connecting people. You know, in the world, I find that there's so there's a lack of connection that's leading to so many different issues. So the suitcase is a way to talk to local people, you know, find out where the needs are and just show friendship to people. That's kind of the bigger idea. The project's about love and loving people. And this is why there's no money. It's just a way to connect, right? And it'd be, it'd be so much easier to take these supplies, put them in a container and send them out as opposed to individually pack suitcases, do paperwork, go through all the efforts that we go through. But really the idea is connecting people. What kind of a difference is this making? I'm sure you, you've been doing this for six years. You're very passionate about it. What are some of the stories you can tell us about clinics maybe that had nothing, had nothing, had no real supplies. And then you guys are able to bless them in this way with these items. You know, we love to get stories back and this is kind of how we know we're making a difference. You know, we get stories back from Cuba all the time about, um, you know, we got one story back from a gentleman who dropped off supplies to a clinic. He was saying he's talking to someone in the reception. They were saying that to get an insulin syringe, he has to walk six miles and a lot of times he can't get them. So he has to keep reusing the same needle over and over again until it doesn't break skin anymore. You know, so simple things like syringes that we take for granted there, it's such a difficulty and it could lead to infections and this kind of stuff. We hear stories from all over the world about doctors who, you know, they don't have gloves, right? So either they, they work without gloves, which leads to the spread of infection, or they will take gloves and wash them and hang them out to dry. So things that we really take for granted here, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, we were lucky to get a massive donation two years ago of 20 million N95 surgical masks. Astronomical volume. And we're lucky to be able to send them all over the world. And now I think with COVID and everything that's happening, we're just really happy that those masks are in these countries that now, you know, it's so difficult for a developing country to get masks and outbid other countries. So, you know, it's something that we're really proud of. What are the organizations the medical facilities that work with you guys. And I, the idea that comes to my mind is, do you need additional medical facilities to work with you, right? Are there, is it possible for them to sign up to work with you guys and make some of these additional supplies available? Yeah, absolutely. So like on our website, we have a submit a clinic uh, request. So any clinic can submit what their needs are, what their capacity is, how many doctors and nurses, if they're looking for anything specific, like, you know, like ECGs or umbu bags or anything like that, they could put that all there. And then when we, we have chapters all over Canada and now in the U S and the UK as well. So the bigger ideas are, we're a movement. We're trying to spread to as many different places in the world as possible and collectively kind of fill their needs, you know? So if Toronto can't do it, then maybe, Orange County in California can do it, or maybe Colorado can do it. So what's the process like? Walk me through it. If someone signs up with you to be a humanitarian, a tourist turned humanitarian, to work with you guys to take a suitcase of these supplies, how does that work? Are they deciding where they're going? Are you deciding where they're going? And what's it like on the ground once they arrive? 
so it could be either or, right? Uh, basically, the first step is filling out the form. Aaron, our travel coordinator, will walk you through the whole entire process so you don't have to have experience with this. There's no medicine in any of the suitcases, which is super important. It's all medical supplies. So there's nothing illegal in there. We have customs documents that explain what it is, that it's sent with hum- it's a humanitarian gift. You know, it's not going to be resold in the country. There's no ideology. There's no politics attached to it. It's just to help people. So the traveler will go take that through customs. Normally, there's no issues. They land on the other side. And then from there, it's up to them to either go to the clinic that's on our list, and we have five, 600 clinics listed, or they can also uh, find a clinic on their own. And, that, and that's kind of the adventure of it as well. So like I recently went to Madagascar and took a suitcase there and that I wasn't able to find a clinic on the internet. So I just went there with a suitcase, understanding that there's needs in that country. You know, that, that's where the adventure begins, right? So you get to talk to local people, ask them where people get treatment, what the needs are, that kind of stuff. And I found an amazing uh, pediatric clinic uh, and was able to take it there. And they were overjoyed with everything we gave them. We, we had a children's stethoscope, which is quite a luxury. They're quite expensive. We got to bring one of those and the, the doctor's so happy about it. So, What have been some of the favorite or your favorite trips that you've taken that um, obviously Madagascar, this one must stick out in your memory. Are there any others that you think, yeah, that was, that was life-changing for me to get to help out in that way? I took multiple suitcases uh, to the Philippines. And that was amazing because I actually linked up with a medical mission over there. We were able to use those supplies in a small clinic that had been set up in the typhoon-affected area. So that was just serendipitous and really cool. Uh, taking supplies to Ecuador was amazing as well. I find there's always like a lot of serendipity involved in these trips where you won't know where to go, but then you know the right forces will connect with you to make sure that these supplies go to the right places. And people are just so happy and so happy to help. You know, like when, when they hear what the project's about, when they hear that. There's no money in the organization. They just they just go out of their way to help you. They'll drive you places. They'll make introductions. And it's, it's really cool. It's, it's always a highlight of my trip. We are talking today with Avi D'Souza. He's the founder of Not Just Tourists Toronto. And it's great to have him on the show today as we learn a bit more about this program and encourage you as potentially a traveler that might like to help out in this way or If you know of a medical facility that would have additional supplies, supplies that are going to waste, you can get in touch with his organization and find out the best way to get those medical supplies to them so they can get them distributed around the world through this program called Not Just Tourists. Where did this name come from, right? There's this idea that we travel the world and we are tourists. We're there to see and to experience the different different things as a tourist. But there's something about it important to you and the people that founded the organization mm-hmm. that, uh, I don't know, like there's this responsibility we have to be more than that. Absolutely. I, I think the name says it all. But for me personally, I I'd spent quite a bit of my younger years traveling. You know, so I, I worked on cruise ships for a bit. I lived in Honduras for a bit, but I'd also backpack all over the world. And that was... Amazing, but it got to a point where I felt parasitic. You know, I'd go to these places and have a great time and I wouldn't be able to give anything back. And I I generally prefer to travel in the developing world. So it was just kind of this gnawing feeling that I'm like, "Eh, I'm coming here, I'm having a good time, but it's selfish, right? I I could do more. So this is where I really, this is why I really love the concept of not just tourists, because it allows anybody to do it and allows people just to connect and, and really experience culture from a different lens, which I find is lacking in travel. 
This is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Avi D'Souza is our guest today, founder of uh, Not Just Tourists in Toronto. So look, I don't even like bringing up COVID-19 because it's been such a downer. I know that it has affected you guys. I've been to your website. I see that some of this operation obviously has been halted. As this clears, are you guys ready to kick it into gear? Maybe are you guys ready to get this thing rolling again and, and distribute a, a great supply of medical needs? Yeah, absolutely. Every week when, when we put the suitcases together, we have 50 volunteers every Wednesday sort and pack the supplies. So a lot of manpower goes into it. Uh, lately, obviously with COVID and mass gatherings and that kind of stuff, we haven't been doing it, but we're really just waiting, you know, like the supplies are there. We're still getting donations. So we're waiting for the time when we can actually put these supplies to good use. And right now the need is greater than ever. You know what I mean? Like in, in developed countries, I, I guess we have the advantage of a more stable healthcare system, but all over the world cases are spiking and they, it's, it's a budgetary thing as much as anything else, right? Where there's just not the same amount of budget to go around for gloves or masks or syringes or whatever it is. So there's never been a greater need and there's never been a more important time to do what we're doing. You've also mentioned that this is run by volunteers. So mm-hmm. this, these are people that are giving of their time. So the entire thing, every aspect of this from the, or the medical facilities that are making the donations to the people that are packing these suitcases and then ultimately taking the suitcases, it's all a volunteer effort? 100%. Uh, there's no money in the organization. We don't take a dime of donations. So we kind of we rely on on kind of generosity of people to help pick up supplies. We rely on you know organizations to give us space that we can pack the supplies in. Every step is a bit of, even suitcases, for example. People donate their used suitcases to us. So as much as we're a humanitarian organization, we actually do a massive amount of recycling environmental work as well, right? Where we've... I mentioned earlier that we'd sent over a million pounds of medical supplies and equipment. That's 1 million pounds of supplies and equipment that are not in landfills and that they're actually being used for the good of people. Is there something in particular that, I mean, you've mentioned masks right now, masks, gloves. We know in this particular time we're living in, those are extremely valuable. Are there other items that you've, you've seen tend to be the ones most needed or the ones that are creating the, you know, the, the, the biggest shortfall in these, in these countries. We, we're taking them for granted over here. For them, it's, it's potentially life-changing. From the stories we get back, it's, it's always the simple things, right? And this is why our, our, our suitcases are packed so simply. They're, they're packed so that a Bush clinic anywhere in the world can use the stuff. They're not excessively complicated. They don't need connectors and machines and that kind of stuff. So we, things as simple as like bandages and wound care kits. Like we, we get stories back about people using dirty rags to patch up wounds, you know, or like clean instruments, basic, basic things that that are so useful that, you know, we, we take for granted. You mentioned the kindness of strangers earlier. OK, that must be a little bit of an adventure then. If you are going to a location, you've got this extra suitcase with these supplies. Your job is to find a location that really needs them mm-hmm. and you're relying on the kindness of strangers. What's that like? Is that a little bit nerve wracking or is that the part that keeps you coming back for more? Glad you mentioned it both. You know, like I, I I think it's so much fun to not plan anything. I hate planning things to be honest. So (laughs) I, uh, I I like to just show and My style is different than other people. I like to just show up and trust that the universe is going to take care of me and not send me to my doom. And it it always delivers, you know, I I don't know when it's going to hit, but like, for example, on the Ecuador trip, I was on a plane and I I was, uh, 
I was going to the small town and I didn't know anything. I didn't book anywhere to stay. I hadn't really done any legwork on this. And I didn't realize that the town I was staying at was, or town I wanted to be at was an hour away. And uh, I was just sitting beside a couple and we started talking. We started talking about diving and they, you know, they're, they're from Ecuador, barely spoke uh, a lot of English, but we were able to talk about diving and the ocean. And, and from there we started talking about NJT. And then from there they ended up driving me to that city, you know, cause it was late at night and they're like, no, I don't take a cab. We'll drive you. So so little things like that that didn't have to happen always end up happening. And it's, it just reaffirms my faith that, you know, we're, you're in the right place at the right time. So again, to find out more information, I'm going to refer everyone to njt.net. That's njt.net, not just tourists. And our guest today is Avi D'Souza. He's uh, with Not Just Tourists in Toronto. Be sure you find him online, social media. Let's talk about that a second. Instagram and Twitter at not just tourists at not just tourists on instagram also on twitter and you'll find their facebook page just you can either just search for not just tourists or you'll find them at facebook.com slash njt.net avi okay so you're a traveler you worked in the travel industry and you felt like i gotta do more than than just be there than just go and see was there ever any other moment that kind of pushed you into this when you said, okay, I got to do something that matters? Yeah, a lot, a lot of moments. Like, uh, I think it's always kind of been on the top of my mind from when I was a kid. I'm Indian. I used to go to India to visit family when I was a kid, like every couple of years. And you just see the, you know, the situation that people are in and just the abysmal suffering and, you know, lack of resources. So, in my mind, I, it's, it's always been a dream of mine to try and do something. And, and this, when this came up, I'm like, no more. I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm going to bring this together and I'm going to push it forward because the world needs it. And it's, it's been the best decision I've ever made. A lot of my best friends are volunteers in the organization. You know, we have, when, when we're packing supplies, we go out for drinks every week. It's just a lot of fun, you know. And then this is kind of what it is where it's just like a fun way of doing things and a fun way of looking at the world. Are there any other needs? What, what else do you guys need as people... Uh, kind of fall in love with this concept and this project. What else would you want them to have in mind as they think about not just tourists? So for me, I think the biggest needs is just more chapters. You know, the idea works. We've proven it works. It's worked for 30 years. Uh, and now I'd love to see a thousand chapters. This is my goal. It's my dream. I, in my lifetime, I want to see a thousand chapters out there. I want to see one in every city because in every city, there's medical supplies that get thrown out. You know, there's perfectly good things that get thrown out. And then, at some other city in the world, there's people that need it. So it just, it just makes sense to, to have more of these organizations. Um, and I'd love to see it all operate without money. I want to prove to people that it's not all about money. It's people can, you know, trust in the goodness of other people. And then that's really what we're about. So. So approximately how many chapters do you guys have now? If you think about the U S and Canada, approximately how many chapters? 12. Do you have? Chapters. 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, how many of those are in Canada with you up there? The majority are in Canada. I think only I believe four are outside of Canada, right? Okay. So we have one in Denver, one in the UK, uh, one in Orange County, California, and one in Arizona as well. From everything you've said, it's an exciting and worthwhile adventure. It's not for everybody, right? It's for people that are comfortable, you know, talking to people, going in the developing, like in the developing world, but it's a true adventure. You know what I mean? And to me, there's a lot of people who go to adventure destinations to begin with. And it's, 
and they travel light, you know, they backpack, they, they don't have a lot of stuff. It just makes sense. You know, like if, if you have the extra luggage space, bring it. it, it'll open up a conversation. It'll open up a whole new world to you. And to me, it's a catalyst for having like the greatest adventures possible, you know, and doing something good along the way. Avi D'Souza, founder there at Not Just Tourists in Toronto. You and the team have a very innovative idea. It's wonderful to see that it isn't all about the money. And I, I like the fact that you're making that point. It's about service. So what's the call to action as we wrap up the show today? What do people need to know about travel in general and about NJT? I think in general, it's as easy as going to the website, njt.net and signing up. Take a leap, go on an adventure and love people. That's what it's all about. You know, connect in these difficult times and we're all in this together. So we'll make it through. I dig it, brother. Thanks for uh, joining me today here on the edge of adventure. And I'm encouraged, right? This is my, this is what I like to do. Get to meet people like you who are doing things that matter, serving other people, finding a way to make a difference. You guys are doing it. So um, I appreciate your work, brother. And, and it's an inspirational story. So keep up the good work. Let me know how I can help sometime and we'll be in touch. And just again, thanks for taking the time to join us for the show today. Amazing, Adam. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you guys covering us. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Beyond status quo.